0: So, this is the final part of our series on the sanctity of life. The first part was about how God loves mankind and set mankind aside as his special creation. The second part was about the shortcomings of uh, people, even the church, in uh, allowing just cruel injustice to happen to the most helpless of all people. The third part was about uh, the satanic nature of those who would take the lives of unborn babies and encourage others to do so as well. Today is about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, particularly about when life begins. You see, people are short-sighted. We are limited by our humanity uh, through our finitude and the experiences that we have during our short-lived lives. In Genesis 47.9, Jacob says it perfectly. He says, Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 13, 12. So our understanding of the world and life is very limited. We can only see so far and know so much. So, when does life begin? Well, it used to be thought that life begins at a certain part of your development inside of your mother. Science, however chose to define what the characteristics of living organisms are, and they came up with the reality, they they discovered, that life does, in fact, actually begin at conception. That's the earliest stage at which an embryo, so to speak, or whatever, zygote, uh, meets the criteria of a living organism. Even so, this is still short-sighted thinking. When we go to church on Sundays we must ask ourselves, do we come here to church to just hear about the popular opinions of our day, or did we come to hear the Word of God preached? When I prepare a message, do I set out to find clever ways to express my opinions and promote my agenda I think of Jesus' words when he explained to his people who John the Baptist was. He asked, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? That's Matthew 11, verses 7 through 9. We care ultimately what god's word says on any given topic it has wisdom and understanding that far exceeds the limits of empirical studies and when i read his word when we read his word we need to pay attention to his word and take it seriously we can learn the answers to all of the questions that truly matter when we do this now jeremiah Jeremiah was a prophet. You'll notice that there's a book in the Bible named after him, and he was given a difficult task by God. He was commissioned to preach a message of warning and repentance to people that were unwilling to hear and to take heed to his words. His ministry was very frustrating. But it was what God called him to do. At the onset of his letter, Jeremiah recorded the words of encouragement that God gave to him. This is the quote. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So not only were these encouraging words given within a certain context... It was a revelation from God as to why Jeremiah's ministry mattered. Before he was even formed, he was set aside as a prophet. So before he was even conceived inside of the womb, God knew the purpose that he had for Jeremiah's life. God's perspective is eternal. So yes, life begins at conception. But it goes far beyond that. God has an eternal perspective. Thus, he knows everything about you before your parents even existed. So our scripture reading during church was from Psalm 139, verses 13 through 18. It said, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake... I am still with you. So within the context of this psalm David the author was saying that although God is a mystery to us nothing is a mystery to God. And what even today compares to the creation of human life. I remember when Melissa and I had our first child we stayed overnight in the hospital when he was born and While Melissa was asleep with the newborn baby resting upon her, I remember looking at them and thinking, wow, this is absolutely amazing. One one moment, this baby wasn't here. And the next, here he is. Then it occurred to me that this child was inside of his mother for, I, I know that we say nine months, but it's actually for 10 months. We only get to see the finished project. All the while, God was preparing this baby for the world, for all the purposes and plans he was meant to fulfill. Did you know that nothing you or I do can foil God's plans? It is my firm belief that no matter what you choose to do with your life, you will fulfill your purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, we are made so intentionally that even those who defy God end up glorifying Him in the end. In Romans nine twenty one through twenty three, the Apostle Paul wrote, "Does not the Potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special uses and some for common use? What if God, although choosing to show His wrath and make His power known, bore with great patience the objects of His wrath, prepared for destruction?" What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for his glory? In his word, God has revealed to us that even the wicked have a place in his plan. Those who are doomed for destruction are not created in vain, but serve as examples to the elect, so that when God's mercy is put on display to his elect, We might see the depths of his grace by also seeing the wrath. We were spared, exercised on the unrepentant. It sounds harsh, but it's actually beautiful. Paul himself knew the condemnation he deserved. Think about it. He killed Christians for a living In Revelation we see the saints cry out to God to avenge the blood of the martyrs and his wrath is being stored up for the day when he can unleash it against those who oppressed his people. Paul would have suffered greatly under God's wrath. The Lord chose to show him grace. A sinful man committed an egregious crime, enough so to warrant crucifixion. And all he asked of the Lord Jesus was to remember him when he entered into his kingdom. Jesus said that this sinful man would join him in paradise. Do you get it? They served a purpose that God set them apart for. This is why, when we try to take a person's life into our own hands, the consequences are severe. Each person is fearfully and wonderfully made. Who am I to determine the value of another person's life? There is a reason why Jesus revealed that anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the hellfire. That person you call a fool Was created in the image of God, and we ought not devalue his or her existence by telling them, You are just a worthless fool. No one is worthless. No one is lost beyond saving. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, called the grace of Jesus costly grace. Costly grace. Jesus paid a high price to forgive humanity of its sins. The Apostle John gives us perspective on this in 1 John 2, 2, where he said that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So never forget, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made in the image of your God. Despite the sin that sought to tear us away from his love, he paid a price beyond what we would call reasonable to restore us to his grace. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. Again, my name is Bill Sang at Faith Presbyterian Church. We invite you to join us at church on Sunday mornings at 1030. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.